What are y'all doing in here? We're smoking reefer. And you don't want no part of this shit. An elegant weapon for a more civilized age. This is a journey into sound. Park. I play Darth Maul in The Phantom Menace and you're listening to An Elegant Weapon. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to An Elegant Weapon, or I should say An Elegant Weapon, episode 123. Ah, 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 ah. Uh, happy Halloween, kids! It's Halloween week. Anthony Bachman is hanging out here with me tonight. If you don't know who Anthony Bachman is, you should be ashamed of your fucking self. Anthony Bachman is the co-host of the Next Element podcast, which is on the Points of Interest podcast network here, where we belong. He's also co-host of All Things Good and Nerdy. You can catch that live Sunday mornings on the YouTubes. He also... Writes reviews for goodageek.com. He also is a colorist for the upcoming graphic novel, Geek. Anthony, how's it going? It is going well. Please excuse me for a moment while I uh, exercise my right to vaporize. What are you on? Looks like a frying pan and some eggs to me. <laughs> hey, Spence. Let's trip out. <laughs> It, does, it doesn't quite have the same ring to it. It I doesn't. I tell you that. Yeah. Should I just say that I'm flicking my bick even though I'm totally not? I think you should still say you're flicking your bick and actually keep a bick next to the microphone just to actually <laughs> flick it. So Done. we hear the sound and then take a hit from your vaporizer. Perfect. <laughs> it's all the illusion. The illusion yeah, man, of the audible yeah, podcast. Don't the illusion. <laughs> you know, I'm here in the podcast bunker you know, with my metal walls, my sound proofed fucking egg crates <laughs> my giant 80 foot TV that I'm watching Christine on you know don't ruin the illusion people don't know what what's actually don't need to know what's actually going on no that curtain does not need to be pulled back in the fine mm-hmm. words of El Jaquez <laughs> I, I do my shit live on Sundays on camera that's all the all the <laughs> curtain pulling back they need when I'm just on headset I'll say what I want you, you don't look- need to know I'm not wearing pants no one needs to be <laughs> be privy to that information that doesn't help your listening enjoyment pantsless sundays mm-hmm. you guys having fun over there i haven't been able to listen for a while because your show's fucking sunday at 11 for some fucking reason <laughs> it's because it's i don't know i guess that's 
what Adahe originally decided when he started the show with him and Chris. And he's then, not even on the show anymore. <laughs> no, but it's it went from being well, and it's funny because I'm one of the only, I guess, two people that have gone back and listened to the entire archive while they were still available. Right. And if you go back and listen, because literally Adahe started the show, and then you can kind of listen to the transition of Chris taking over, not because like he's trying to take over, but Adahe's like, do this shit. Yeah, <laughs> totally makes sense. Yeah, so I mean, it is definitely it is definitely Chris's show, and you know, Naki's the second chair for sure. And I'm still basically just a permanent guest host at this point. I mean, I I do feel like a member. Like they don't make me feel like an outsider or anything. But it's still I'm the I'm the new kid on the block, so it makes it fun. But yeah, we've been having a blast talking. You know, we we talk far too much apparently about Marvel films. That's one of the people one things that uh, people have been giving a shit about. Well, it, every fucking conversation, I somehow wiggle it back to, but Marvel's doing this correctly. <laughs> well, it doesn't help that you and Chris are such Marvel freaks. Like, mm-hmm. Chris is a fucking Marvel head and a half, you know what I mean? Yeah, and I'm a straight fucking Marvel zombie from the word go. Fucking <laughs> make mine ma- Marvel. I, have, I got my photo taken with fucking Stan Lee at SLCC, which was like a bucket list for me. Nice. I'm, I'm contemplating getting Excelsior as a tattoo. <laughs> or actually, I, I I thought of a new one too. I thought about actually getting face forward done on my chest in reverse. Okay. So that I would see it every time I look in a mirror, it would say face forward. Because <laughs> in my head, when I hear face forward, I hear the words true believer after it. I don't even need to read them. Like I hear nice. Stan's voice and I hear face forward true believer. I think enough said might be pretty good too. Like a little enough word said balloon. might be good, but it seems it seems like a weird tattoo. <laughs> Because Excelsior makes perfect sense. <laughs> hey, it, it stands word, man. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Uh, yeah, you guys must have been shitting your pants with the uh, releases of the trailers yesterday. Oh, dude, the the trailer and then the fucking uh, the list of confirmed films and the fucking casting news. Um, that guy that's playing a uh, Black Panther, I can never remember his name, and I don't want to try to say it and be all fucking John Travolta. Yeah. With the he... dude from 42 and the James Brown biopic. Yes, yes. Him as fucking Black Panther. Like, there's lots of other actors I thought of in that role, especially physically, because, like, this isn't, like, the biggest, most, athle- most athletic guy, but we know for a fact that fucking Prince Tikala, who becomes the king of Wakanda, will come across like the fucking king of Wakanda. Oh, yeah. His Black Panther will be a badass oh yeah he's got to be like a true warrior now here's the thing uh i saw the trailer for we're talking about obviously age of ultron avengers 2 yeah yeah and uh, first of all love the trailer love Love what looks like's coming right (laughs) i think it's fantastic i was really that that no strings on me shit is sick well that and just the idea that they have because they're Disney now, and they didn't have to worry about getting the rights, yeah. they just slapped the slowed-down, <laughs> crazy version of Pinocchio in the background, so you actually have the There's No Strings On Me song playing in the background of an Ultron trailer? Well, do you, notice, do you notice that uh, in the second teaser where they're trying to pick up Thor's hammer? Did you see this? I, I, I've seen it, but I was watching it like on my tablet earlier. I haven't watched it like okay. big up yet. They're all and I was si- really only focusing on the part that somebody already made a gif of, where Caps actually moves the hammer. Yeah, a little he, bit, he moves and it a little Hemsworth bit. You see Hemsworth fucking eye it and go, ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which, which, by the way, people doesn't mean that Cap is necessarily that strong. It means no, it that has Cap is. Yeah, it means that Cap is almost worthy. 
Yeah, no, so. they, they proved that with fucking Tony and Rhodey both grabbing it with the gloves. Yeah. <laughs> Hell, they proved that in Avengers 1 when Thor, when uh, Hulk what tried to pick it up. What team are you on? <laughs> if Hulk can't pick it up, he did. It has nothing to do, but no, he didn't. He got it like a foot off the ground, remember? No, watch Avengers again. As he's trying to lift it, his feet start sinking into the fight deck. He doesn't actually lift the hammer. He gets shorter. I think, I swear at one point no, he, he actually does got not it. lift the hammer. At no point in the movies he lifts no. it? No, I'll right? go watch it again just to be sure, but as far as I remember, Hulk has never been able to lift it because Hulk isn't – he's not even close to being worthy. Right, right. There's a list of like 13 characters that have actually lifted the hammer, and for the people that don't know their comics, Cap is one of them. Cap has fucking held the hammer of Asgard yeah. before. He is a worthy – I could have sworn that the Hulk got it builder. like – I'm like like hardly though, but I swear he got it like an inch off the ground or something. No, I think they made it to where like the handle moves to where basically the Hulk's fingers would fit underneath it so he could grab it. But like I don't think the I don't think uh, he actually lifts the head of the hammer. Because I thought off. that was trying to be a demonstration of how actually strong the fucking Hulk was. Is no, that I'll it wasn't even it about again. worth, you know? Yeah. But yeah, because yeah, it has nothing to do with strength. Because the smallest person on earth, if they're worthy, can lift the hammer. Oh yeah, yeah. Which is, totally. I, mean, I think Thor they kind of prove that in that scene where he grabs it and just flicks it in the air. Like there's no weight to the hammer when somebody that's worthy is wielding it, yeah. even though it weighs the equivalent of like a, you know a dead dwarf son, like <laughs> yeah, you know, a dead dwarf star or whatever. So like, what I was gonna say there, though, before I forget, sorry. is while <laughs> no, while they're uh, trying to lift the hammer. And you know how kind of a beat-up Ultron comes out of the background? Mm-hmm. He's in the Pinocchio pose. Oh, is it the actual when, pose? When Pope, when Pinocchio comes, like, and he's on his strings, and he, like, kind of comes around the corner that time, he's in that position where his, like, shoulder's slumped and the one's kind of in front of his his uh, his arm there. Nice. I guess, yeah, I didn't even visually think about that. I was just so freaked out about the fact that it was a, a half-assed robot fucking turned into Ultron. It was, uh, it was really, I'm really stoked. I got really excited to see it, and I was like, okay, this is going to be super cool. But here's the thing, they're going too overblown with the media part. Uh, I didn't like when DC did it, I didn't like when Marvel did it, or sorry, Warner Brothers. Stop announcing it so much shit. Like, if you want to give out hints and teasers and eggs to, like, shit that's happening, I'm cool with that. But... Really, how much is going to happen in the next few years? You can't be fucking announcing movies that are going to happen in 2020 and 2018. Like, I think it's just insane. I think it's just diluting it too much, you know? Like, we're going to – there's too much to get excited about. They're going to run out of shit. (laughs) I kind of heard the same thing at work today when I shared the the whole uh, 2012 or the 2014 to 2020 list of all the movies from, you know, Marvel – Fox, Sony, and uh, DC Warner Brothers. I shared that with a couple of people at work today, and one of my friends who's a big movie fan, she watches a ton of movies. She's like, it's just, they're just going to flood the market. Like, people are just going to get over it. And you're saying, like, they're going to run out of ideas. Comics has a 60-year history of stories. So, one, I guarantee you, they will never run out of ideas. Good or bad, there's enough comic stories written down that if you just filmed four issues of a comic in a row, you have a movie to get, you know, cinema going probably for the next 100 years. Absolutely. And for the the burnout phase thing, I really don't think that bubble exists the way people think it is. I think people need to realize that comic book movies are basically their own genre now. 
No, but I'm just saying the announcing of it, though, not the just actual... The, just putting so many out all at once? No, just the saying you're gonna. Oh, no, that part I like, because <laughs> to me, that's, uh, that tells me that Kevin Feige, the, the, the guys, I mean, talking specifically about Marvel, you know, Kevin Feige, who's basically running, you know, the studio's part now, and with him, you know, the, the guys that are making decisions at Disney, the guys that are making decisions at Marvel headquarters, I think it's, it's them showing that they have enough confidence in their characters, in the stories that they put out so far, and in the casting choices that they think that they can do, you know, I mean, adding in the Fox and the, uh, the Sony stuff, if you look at that list of films, there's 33 comic book movies coming out from, that are based on Marvel and DC characters, between now and 2020. That's fucking insane. Of those films, 22 of them are Marvel-based. So that means for every – and you get 11 DC. So for every one DC movie who is the older company, has been around longer, Superman's been there before everybody else, for every one DC movie that they're putting out, Marvel is putting out two films based on their characters. Now, they're not all Marvel Studios because some of them are, you know, the X-Men films from Fox and the Spider-Man and the Spider-Man uh, – joint films from um, Sony and also the uh, the Fantastic Four films from Fox. Right. But still, it's I think it's literally it's confidence of a company that, dude, they put out Guardians of the Galaxy. That movie was supposed to lose money. It was a risk, they said, even to consider making it. I disagree. They, I've been no. hearing this forever about what a risk Guardians of the Galaxy was, and I don't think it was that big a risk. It's one of those things where people talked about, like, Iron Man. When the first Iron Man came out, Iron Man in the comics was at best, like, a third-tier character. Like, Avengers wasn't selling very well. Like, Iron Man's individual book was shit for numbers, from what I remember at the time. Right. And, I mean, they took a third-tier character, basically, and created, you know, John Favreau created what is almost a perfect film. That's something that I am, you know, in absolute agreement with Kevin Smith on. The first Iron Man film is almost perfect yes, for but... updating an origin and then taking a character that really isn't huge and making the world love him. That was Buzz, though, and as you say, it, that was all Favreau because if that movie hadn't had such a buzz to like continue it, like to, ha to give it the long life that it had and to really make the impact that it had, it had to not just be Iron Man but be a badass movie and – that's what started it all. It's not that it was Iron Man, but like, yeah, you're right. Like to take a character like that who's third tier and make such a quality fucking movie that you know you could build this entire thing around is pretty fucking crazy. But I think yeah. it's just, I think it's, it's. Well, I mean, go back and you know rewind and go back to the first Blade film. The only reason Blade got made is because Wesley Snipes put up his own money to make his own production company, Amon Ra Films, because Marvel wouldn't sell character rights to an individual. Right. And so he had to fund his own production company so that that company could then turn around and buy the rights of Blade from Marvel to do the movie. Took a third-tier character, fourth-tier probably, that most people had never heard of, and, you know, and a character that, you know, was created in the 70s, had an awful costume, you know, they had a lot of black exploitation stuff going on in a lot of the storylines, but was an awesome fucking half vampire character. Yeah. And, you know, a really cool concept and turn that into a badass film. 
And that first Blade is, I mean, it's definitely not a perfect movie because it's not like John, what John Favreau did with Iron Man. Holds up well. But though. yeah, it holds up well. I just watched the trilogy a couple weeks ago. All three of those films are, you know, enjoyable as hell. And that first one for introduction, introduction of a character is so well done that like, yeah, it's, it's almost fucking, it's almost up to the Iron Man level. But yeah, it did almost nothing when you look at its influence on, you know, of getting out there and reaching the 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 common person that's not a comic fan. Okay, yeah, and yeah, by yeah. comparison, it's two low level characters, and literally what they did with Iron Man versus what they were able to do with Blade. Like, you know, it's a very different, <clears throat> you know, it's a very different climate. Superheroes, you know, are much bigger by the time Iron Man comes out, but still, it's the same type of thing where. I think when they were looking at doing Guardians, they're like, you know what? It'll be somewhere between Blade and Iron Man. It won't be a perfect film, but we'll probably do better than we did with Wesley Snipes back in that the 90s. Can come, that comes down to characters and actors, I believe, though, as well. Because True. you can't, A lot of that does. But yeah. you're I mean, at what, a Robert Downey Jr. is a much more uh, palatable you know, oh, definitely, performance definitely. to a wider audience than a Wesley, a mean Wesley. Yeah, so, Same so thing with what's-his-name, Peter Quill. You're looking right? at the chubby kid from Parks and Rec. Yeah. <laughs> a professional wrestler who we all know they can't act, even though half their job is acting. Once you actually put them on camera as a character and not as a wrestler, they're almost, I mean, like 98% of them are completely awful. You know, a, a, two fully CGI characters, one who's done great voice work before, but who's only going to get to say three words. And yeah. another one who, as far as I know, had never done voice work before and couldn't actually be on set. Because the one really big named actress in the film is his ex girlfriend, and they hate each other. Wait, who? What? Zoe Saldana and fucking um, and what's his face? Really? Face from A Team. Yeah, apparently they dated for a while and can't stand each other. I did not. If you look know at all that. the premieres of the movies, yeah. you'll notice that Zoe Saldana is on the opposite side of him. Like every time they did a picture. Really? I didn't realize. Yeah, apparently that. they. I mean, and this is you know me reading <laughs> you know posts on Facebook or whatever, so it's definitely not scripture. Could it have failed, though? They dislike each other. It definitely could have failed. It was characters no one's ever heard of. But it's Marvel movie. When's the last time a Marvel movie failed? Punisher Warzone. Was that Marvel? It, well, I mean, it's it was before Marvel Studios existed, but it's a Marvel character. It was under the Marvel Knights Okay, logo. I'm talking Marvel Studios, so. Just no, Marvel, Marvel Studios, Studios hasn't failed yet, because no. they've had absolute total control, but they also haven't done a rated R film yet, either. And Punisher Warzone was a rated R film. It was also it was amazingly done by a female director, yeah. which a lot of people don't know that. Uh, if you go, if you want to see a nice violent film, go watch Green Street Hooligans. Yes, it's got, yes. Uh, Charlie H- Charlie Elijah Hutton Wood. from uh, and Elijah Wood, yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. both of those. So yeah, Charlie Hutton Jacks from uh, Sons of Anarchy and Pacific Rim as a as a English uh, soccer hooligan. Yeah, but yeah, sh- the people saw that movie and they gave her fucking Punisher Warzone, which is an awesome film. It's spectacularly bloody. It's it's the only it's thing I didn't like was the villain. Ridiculous, but it was like a comic book. Like it came across like a comic book. Yeah, but I don't see. That's always I've explained this before. I don't like my comic book movies comic booky. <laughs> now, see, that's... I think it works for some characters because, I mean, I own all three Punisher films, and yes, people, there are three because the first one was an insane Dolph Lundgren being chased down by Louis Gossett Jr. That's right. No and that skull. is a batshit crazy movie. No yeah. skull, but yeah. lots of bullets and skull-headed knives. At least they dyed um, his hair. Yeah, they did do that. But, <laughs> I mean, uh, that one was just crazy. The Thomas Jane one was almost perfect, but it was really dark and very violent. The Punisher Warzone one, I think they actually took it in the right direction because it was way more violent, 
but it was over the top violence that was to yes. the point where it was funny. Like every time somebody got shot, blood shot, you know, four feet across the room from these people. Every <laughs> yeah. every yeah. wound hit a major artery. Like it was ridiculous. He was a but, perfect Punisher. Oh yeah, and yeah, and uh, uh, who was it? Uh, Ray Winston. Yeah. yeah, perfect Punisher. Even though I I do love him in the Thor films as well. Oh yeah, he's, giant ball stack. Yeah, he's yeah. one of the few people. Him and um, Chris Evans. I think are the only two people so far that have done dual Marvel characters. I. Th- why am I thinking there's? Is there another one? No, because it's not Marvel. I'm thinking. Yeah, people have done multiple characters because um, Deadpool was also Green Lantern, but that's Marvel and DC. Yes, yes, that's so. Exactly yeah, Ryan Reynolds has crossed companies, yeah. Yeah, and I think yeah. there's one or two others that have done that as well. But yeah, so far only two actors have got to play two separate superheroes inside the Marvel universe, which that's that's a very select group. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think Punisher Warzone was just cartoony enough. But as far as I know, when you look at just the dollar amounts, that was the last Marvel film that really failed. Now Marvel Studios haven't they haven't had a failure. Literally, they have not put out a dud yet. But I still believe, I mean, I read, you know, all the stuff leading up to it, and Guardians was a risk. It was a space adventure, which they hadn't done anything in space yet. It, you know, so it's, you know, aliens, no locales that, you know, we can even say look anything like Earth. So everything has to look completely alien. Characters that had not been introduced anywhere whatsoever. Like, there's no, it's like, from Iron Man forward, everything's a reference in the Marvel Universe, in the Marvel Studios films. You get Nick Fury at the end of Iron Man. You get uh, Tony Stark's dad in the Captain America film. Like, everything references each other. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, it all built up, and then that's why Avengers was so perfect, which is now, you know, what DC's trying to copy to do with their Justice League. Hey, now, I don't think they are copying because they're going the opposite route. Well, no, because we're still going to get Wonder Woman, and there's another one before Justice League. So they're trying to do two more intro films. So even though we won't have, we're going to get Batman five Superman. So we get Batman and Superman again. (laughs) Oh no. And then it's wonder woman. So all we get is the trilogy and then they go into the justice league and then they're going to do films afterwards. So it's not quite the same, but it's because honestly with the justice league, you just need the trilogy. Everybody else is just fucking second tier. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, I guess. Because if you don't have Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, it's not the Justice League. This is true. If you take those three out, it's, you know, whatever's left is Justice League Detroit. Well, here's the thing. Do you think with the Marvel movies, they're going too quick through the storylines? Like, Civil War is going to come, right? And it's probably going to come out of a lot of events that happened in Age of Ultron and stuff. The Avengers, it feels to me, have barely had time to get to know each other. And you know some shit's going to screw up the whole team soon. True. I, I well, feel like these – they need to be spreading it out a little more. I feel like it's just all coming at once because you're going to – they're going to have to go too deep into that Guardians of the Galaxy well, like how they announced Captain Marvel getting a movie today. And for me, it's just like, what? We're getting into Civil War already. Like it just seems like that should have been stretched a little like because well, I mean – it, it's, it's a shameful thing, though. You it, have, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry. But I mean, you have sixty years of history. But at the same time, the the storyline that took place in Captain America Two: Winter Soldier is something that oh god, now I can't think of the writer's name. That's um, my favorite. Killed Cap and brought back Bucky. Yeah. Um. Fuck. But um, the guy that wrote that, like that storyline, just happened in the comics like three years ago. So. Yeah. 
I mean, it's one of those things where you have so much to pick and choose from that, you know, it's really hard to say, like, you know, do we want to slow down on this? Do we want to speed up on this? Which storyline do we want to cover? Once they pick one, like, I mean, there's so much for them to go through. Ed Brubaker, sorry. Yes, Fucking, yeah, yeah, Brubaker's Cap. Nuts. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, sure. um, like, yeah, he killed off Cap and brought back Bucky and put Bucky in the Cap suit. And, yeah, I mean, that was, like, three years ago. Yeah. And at the same time, that was the second Captain America movie. And then now we're going into Civil War, which is an event from, what, five, six years ago. And then... After that, Infinity War, which is the name they're using, though I mean, it's the Infinity Gauntlet. It was a you know a trilogy of books. It was a you know summer events during the Marvel uh, summer events of the late '80s, early '90s, I believe. So you had Infinity Gauntlet, Infinity War, Infinity Crusade, and Infinity Gauntlet was the first story where Thanos put the gems together and became a super superior right. asshole. But you know <laughs> they're they're going to call it Infinity War and doing it as a two part movie, and so we're getting. You know, a team of Avengers, which we don't know which team of Avengers at this point. Well, Cap's going to die soon, right? Well, if, I mean, Cap's could die, they could replace him with Bucky. Because Evan wants, Evans wants out and Downey Jr. wants out, right? Yeah, I mean, they said they had trouble getting Robert Downey Jr. basically to sign on for another deal to be in the next Avengers. So Cap is easy enough. They can do the Winter Soldier, they could replace him with Bucky, right? Or they can replace him with Falcon, which is what happened. Yeah, either or. Perfect. Falcon is now caps what do you do so, with I mean, iron man have though? lots of options iron man but, i uh, think is going to have to be their first actual recasting if they want to continue is. that character you know and uh kevin figgy has talked about trying to turn iron man into marvel's version of james bond to where every time they cast an actor they get five or six movies out of him and then they keep going which is what i've and, always said they need to do with indiana jones but go on yeah and you know then <laughs> you know you look at the lead kid on guardians of the galaxy and somebody put his face on an Indiana Jones body, good. and I'll tell you, it fucking works. Yeah. And the, one of the best things I ever saw was somebody did an interview with him, and they asked him, do you realize that you're the same age now that Harrison Ford was when he was Han Solo? And he's like, oh, really? That's interesting. Because, <laughs> like, like, literally, he's at the start of a career that could be like that. Because, yeah, I mean, that's like, – when I talk about Risk, yeah. the main actor in that film was the pudgy dumb guy from Parks and Rec. And it's not that that actor is that character, but I hadn't seen Zero Dark Thirty. When they said he was going to be Star-Lord, like, literally, I said I said Star-Lord with three question marks. Like, he's going to be Star-Lord? Really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, that's what we're going with with the fucking Guardians? Especially since this is a new team of Guardians, which the original Guardians of the Galaxy was a different fucking team. So I'm when they said Guardians of the Galaxy, I was thinking of the team from the 80s. Like who the fuck would put that's that what on I film? thought too. When yeah. I heard it, I was like, "What?" And then I it's realized, just, "Oh, modern." Yeah, they that. have been, There's which I'm surprised. I'm kind of surprised they're ending the Ultimate Universe because so much of this is based on it. Yeah, and a lot of it, I think, editorially at Marvel, the idea of ending the Marvel Un- Ultimate Universe and bringing some of that into the Marvel Six One Six. As a collector, as a comic book fan, I think it's a fucking stupid idea. There's stuff in the Ultimate Universe that I love because it's in the Ultimate Universe. Like, I love Miles Morales because he's a perfect character in the Ultimate Universe. If you bring him over into the Marvel main 616 world where Peter Parker's still alive and is Spider-Man, it's not that Miles becomes less of a character, but he does become redundant. And this is kind of coming – isn't partly happening through Spider-Verse, isn't it? I think Spider-Verse is going to be a big part of it. But yeah, as yeah. you know, editorially and as the upper, you know, upper echelon at Marvel, they're looking at it and saying, well, so much of our films is based on a mix. 
films of the 616 and the Ultimate Universe. Well, here's um, the shame. Look at the, the two Amazing Spider-Man films. Those are both yeah. a mix of Ultimate Spider-Man and stories from Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah, the Spider-Man. Amazing – the part, the and second movie, his hat. suit looked much more like it should have from the comics. You know, oh, yeah. It actually went yeah. back. And, well, and it was is... much more of a comic suit, and it was the character in – the, the Andrew Garfield character is much more ultimate Peter Parker, I think, oh, yeah. than he is classic. I love him in that role, too. Oh, so do I, and I love, love those movies. I don't Garfield is really, I, really, really I, I love me good. some Tobey Maguire. I'll yeah. watch the Sam Raimi's any day, even the fucking dance sequences. You can't <laughs> stop me from watching those movies. And it's not that three is anywhere near as good as one and two, but I will watch all three of them. But yeah, yeah I also fucking love Amazing Spider-Man, because in Amazing Spider-Man, he has the quips. He yeah. makes the fucking jokes because he's a kid and he's nervous. Yeah, they yeah. nailed that in a way that Sam Raimi never got across in the first three films. No, which you know yeah. seems insane, but it's true. You need the you need the talent and you need the the understanding. Here's the thing: uh, I was talking about this when uh, I was at my LCS recently, and uh, it, it's a shame because it's actually getting to the point where the movies are affecting the comics. And this whole taking the X-Men out and making it their own separate entity in the comics as well is, I don't know, it's mind-boggling to me. Like, have you heard they're doing this? Wait, what now? They're going to separate the X-Men into their own universe in the comics. That I hadn't heard about. Yeah, so they've basically canceled every X-Men title. And they're going to... And they're going to happened before. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I, they're like, this is what I heard last. I'm pretty sure it was official, but uh, if I'm wrong, I apologize for spreading vicious rumors, but uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure their idea is now in the comics. They are going to separate because uh, recently I had Derek from drunk on comics podcast on for an episode where we specifically discussed the controversy of is Marvel canceling titles to affect Fox. With the cancellation of X-Men and Fantastic Four and such. And he didn't think so at first. But then as it went on and more and more stuff came evident, it turned into a worthy conversation at least of uh, how all these things are affecting each other. And it's I think it's actually getting to the point where they're like, look, we want to be able to have our own Mar- Marvel Universe and we don't want any of it promoting other people's stuff. We don't Which want... is funny because I said something like that when they decided to end Superior Spider-Man to get Peter back in the suit by right. the time Amazing Spider-Man 2 came out. And I'm like, why are they doing that to help Sony sell movie tickets? Yeah, It makes more sense of a, a Superior Spider-Man, which was going well and I thought was an awesome fucking story. Why wrap it up to help another company? Yeah. So I find it weird if that's really what their goal is now with the X-Books. I'm not saying it's not possible because the X-Books are a much larger chunk of Marvel than Spider-Man is, even though he's the flagship. Yeah. The X books have always been, you know, that's consistent sellers other than sadly X Factor, which, you know, is my favorite book and is getting canceled again. Still has been around on and off for Yeah, how well, Peter David's been right? writing fucking yeah, X Factor for over two hundred issues. So I mean yeah. it's been around for a while and it was originally the original five X Men. But I mean, yeah, the X books are something where like if you you know, you want to mess with a big chunk of the Marvel universe, you mess with the X books. Like yeah. that can make a huge difference. It's it's strange. it's definitely possible because I mean there's there's all the rumors of you know them trying to you know like oh we're gonna try to get Spider-Man into the Avengers and do a cameo and we know that that's never gonna happen but 
the the more that you hear rumors like that, the more it makes me think that companies like Disney and Sony are trying to talk. I think Sony is more open out. than Fox. Yes. Yeah. See, I would. So I, think, I wouldn't yeah, say if, never. If Fox say never. Is basically saying fuck you. Then Marvel might do something with the Xbox that they normally wouldn't do, just to try to drop sales and lower the money that Fox is making. Because sure. let's be honest, Fox and Sony both have contracts that basically say as long as we put out a movie within everything, it's, I think it's three to five years. We get to keep these intellectual properties. And they get to continue to use new stories too, eh? Oh, yeah. No, there's no limit yeah. to the stories. Yeah. They literally own basically like the names of the characters, and it gives them access to basically every story that they've ever taken part in. And new and so, shit, yeah. Yeah, and so Fox, with them having – I mean Sony has Amazing Spider-Man, which gives them all of Parker's main enemies and you know the Sinister Six and a lot of villains – which you know is 60 years worth of comics continuity, but it's still somewhat limited because it's still you should still always basically be referencing Parker, and it should be a new Spider-Man. But you right. know we can get a trilogy out of Spider-Man every 10 years. They can do three <laughs> year three movies, three years apart, and every 10 years we get a new trilogy. Right. And Sony could do that until the day the fucking world blows up because there's that many Spider-Man stories and Spider-Man will sell tickets. It's guaranteed. And mm -hmm. so they don't ever need to give those properties back. And when you look at Fox, they've got the Fantastic Four, which the, the, the longest-running Marvel title, even now that it's being canceled, but still, that was the original flagship. That was the fucking first family of Marvel. Yep. And then they've got the X-Universe. And when you look at the X-Universe, just actual people that have been X-Men in the comics, it's a cast of, like, over 200 characters. Oh, it's huge. Yeah, it's yeah. unbelievably large. Literally, like, I think there's been twice as many mutants on the X-Teams as there have been Avengers. Probably. In the entire history of the Avengers, which is ridiculous. Yeah, probably. So Fox never, ever has to run out of, run out of movies to give those titles back. So... I mean, both of those companies are probably just looking at it very different ways where Sony's like, hey, we can always make Spider-Man films. We can make more money together but, is yeah, what I we think can make some more people money working are thinking. With Disney, yeah. And Fox might be saying, you know what? We're never going to give these characters back, and we're going to do whatever we want. Yeah. And if that's somebody's position, then Marvel might be positioning themselves to do what they can to split those characters mm -hmm. off. Because entertainment's going crazy. I mean, when you've got yeah. options like Netflix who are coming to people and saying, make movies for us – Mm -hmm. Like things make change. TV shows. Like yeah. went to Marvel Studios and said, "Make yeah. us four TV shows yeah. based on street level superheroes." Or that the fucking and, Adam I mean, Sandler deal. Yeah, Adam Sandler's doing what four or five movies with them. Yeah, that's insane. Like the yeah, shit that they're going to be able yeah. to pull now is. Yeah, all of media itself is changing, and honestly, that's one yeah. of the ways I look at. Like when I look at stuff now, I see comic books slash superheroes slash movies based on graphic novels. Because, like, you can't really call, like, V for Vendetta is not a superhero movie. It's not a comic book movie, but it's based on a graphic novel. Yes. That, if you combine all of those, it's its own genre of film now. You for have sure. drama, comedy, horrors, the occasional Western, and then something based on a comic book. Like, if, if Blockbuster still existed, they would have their own fucking aisle because there's that <laughs> many of them. And I think they're going to keep realizing that, I mean, every comic book is a storyboard ready for a movie – and there's more stories written in the history of comics than you could film over the next 500 years. Oh, if you God, started yeah. Now. yeah. So yeah. it's an unlimited, almost, at this point, honestly, it's still an almost untapped resource. Yeah, I don't think it'll there's ever go away. so yeah. many stories yeah. out there. See, I mean, it'll change, it'll fluctuate, it'll get to the point where we'll start seeing, it'll have a bubble pop, but not in the way people think where when they did the movie Wanted, 
they fucking shit on the original concept and turned them all into assassins instead yeah, of supervillains. Yeah. Right. It was an amazing book of a world filled with supervillains that ruled the world because they'd all gotten together and killed all the heroes. That is a great fucking crazy idea. That's an awesome concept. Yeah, yeah it's a great concept. They're like, oh no, the superhero bubble's going to burst. Let's make them all assassins. People will buy that. And so you get a toned down version of the story that's nowhere near as good. Yeah. But I think what you're going to get, instead of the superhero bubble popping the way they thought at that moment, is you're going to see superhero movies will start doing fluctuations the way horror films do, the way uh, westerns do. Where yeah, 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 I see it. It'll go away for a while, and then there'll be a new take on a superhero franchise, and we'll get another ten films. Like, I mean, everybody talks about the death of horror. It's happened like 17 times. <laughs> and then, you know, horror's dead. It'll never come back. Even and musicals then, came back. Bitches. Exactly. Even musicals. <laughs> everything comes – everything's cyclical. It all yeah. comes back around. Like, they said horror was dead, and then two guys sat down and said, what's the cheapest movie we can make? Two guys in a room. Okay, why are they yeah. in the room? And they wrote Saw. Yeah. And that introduced its own subgenre of horror films. And yeah. bam, fucking horror was back in a big way. And we yeah. got seven fucking Saw films. How ridiculous is that? <laughs> Off of are, you one about, great uh, idea. are you excited about uh, the Benedict Cumberbatch Doctor Strange? I'm honestly like I love him as Sherlock. I dug him as Khan. Spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> but like – I'm not sure how excited I am to see him as Strange just because I want to see his take on Stephen Strange because that is such a unique character. And it's going to be, from what I can tell, our first introduction to magic in the Marvel Universe. So, like, seeing those old Steve Ditko issues in my head where literally nobody knew what to draw. Like, what does a magic dimension look like? And it literally looks like those artists at the time just dropped some acid, went to work, and went crazy. Oh, like, yeah. Some of those old comics in the 60s are amazing. Because there were no rules. Thor and there was, was no kind reference. of more of the introduction to magic, though, would you say? Well, I mean, but in, even in Thor, he refers to what he, he does. Yeah. He says, you know, magic on our world is just science that you don't understand yet. Because, I mean, Mjolnir appears to be magic on Earth, but it literally is a forged weapon of metal. Right. Which, you know, just done in a way that humans can't understand yet. But he even he kind of explains it as magic is science that you don't understand yet. But Doctor Strange, I think, is going to be the first real introduction of science or magic that can't be explained through science. Okay. Like when he busts out the eye of Agamotto and starts, you know, astral projecting himself into different dimensions, like that's going to be the first pure magic character in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I'm excited to see his take on the character. I don't think they could, like, if they literally cast him for that role, I don't think there's any reason that they would do that if they think there's even an ounce that he won't be able to pull it off. I'm honestly, I'm just really glad it's not going to be Joaquin Phoenix. <laughs> a lot of people some are odd reason, about that, eh? Of all the names that they put out there, that was the one that bugged me. I was like, oh, no, I don't want to see the Roman emperor with his pale face <laughs> trying to grow a mustache and act like he's a brain He surgeon. doesn't seem, like, old and, like, mature enough, you know? I liked the Vigo Mortensen rumors in the beginning. Ooh, yeah, I do like Vigo. I think he could have done a really good job. I think at this point, though... Like if you go into the geek culture, Vigo Mortensen is Strider. He's the he's the Return of the King. Like you got to give him a chance to do something. Oh else, no, though. I'm not saying that he can't. <laughs> but it's one of those things where like you know you got Gandalf wearing the T-shirt that says I'm Gandalf and Magneto. Fucking deal with it. I think only certain actors can pull off like j multiple giant iconic roles. And I love Vigo Mortensen. I just don't know if how forgiving like the geek populace would be if he tried to step into another. But it'd be another kind of magical role. I hear what you're saying there. I think Cumberbatch should be good because of his presence. 
Because yes, yeah, you know, well, and he can pull off ego. Have, how much of a Sherlock Holmes have you watched? Oh God, it's good. Yeah, and I mean, and he yeah. pulls off ego well. And the basis of Stephen Strange is the most flawed character, almost one of the most flawed characters in the Marvel Universe. He becomes the master of, of mysticism because he's an asshole. Like, literally, he's the world's biggest prick. And the karma of that, he ends up getting in a car wreck and crushing his hands and he can no longer perform surgery. And then spends his life trying to find ways to heal his hands. And because of that, like, basically gets introduced into the world of magic and then realizes, you know, there's way more shit he can be doing with his life. But his, the whole basis of that character is that he's a prick. And Cumberbatch can play a prick really fucking well. <laughs> his Sherlock Holmes is an asshole. Yeah, like, he doesn't he have friends. No. He's a dick. <laughs> yeah, it's wonderful. He's always the done. smartest man in the room, mm -hmm. and he wants everybody to know it. Same thing with uh, Johnny Lee Miller. He is, uh, he's quite an arrogant Sherlock himself over yeah, at Yeah, he's elementary. pretty good at it. I'm, I'm actually mad. I want to go see the – I don't have the money to go see their re, uh, showing the, at the local Edwards um, the Dr. Frankenstein with those two. Oh, are they really? Yeah, well, they did the Broadway show, and they kept switching places. Yeah, yeah. I love the idea that they would that they were uh, flipping back and forth show to show on who was the monster and who was the doctor. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. It's a totally <laughs> cool idea. It's crazy they'd both end up playing Sherlock like that, too. Yeah, which yeah. is, yeah, just really weird. Did you notice... Yeah, I only uh, saw the first episode of his Sherlock, but I did enjoy it. It was fun. The... Uh, the Star Wars references uh, throughout Marvel... I don't know if you noticed or heard about these. Oh, which Star Wars references? Uh, the first one was in... Uh, what's the other Marvel show? Does Marvel have another show? No, it was The Flash. Have, Sorry. Okay, on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. On yeah, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, the, what was the Star Wars thing that happened? Something about Star Wars. They made a Star Wars joke <laughs> or something. They made a Star Wars joke or something. And then on The Flash, they were... Uh, in at some conference or something or they're playing some like i don't know geek game and there's like a star there was a, a group called pride and padawans or something yeah that knew the the name of the millennium falcon yeah yeah, yeah 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 now people are talking about this but i swear to god uh the episode of agents of shield where uh ward's brother comes into the picture and colson goes and meets with ward's brother did you see that one uh, I think we're so. at the end. They're going to hand Ward over basically. And he's like, you will never see sky again. You're never part of my team. Blah, oh blah. no, that must be a new one. So I don't think I have seen it. It might've been last night. Okay. Yeah, um, I haven't seen this week's agents of shield yet, but there is a I'm one behind. I was watching it and there's a point where Colson is looking at the screen, doing one of his little talks and he said something. I can't remember what it is now. I have to rewatch it, but he says a star Wars line. Like he uses, right. he uses like a, a scientific term, that's right out of Star Wars. Like, it's not thermal detonator, but it's something like that. You know what I mean? He's like the thermal whatevers. And I'm like, w wait a minute. Hold <laughs> on. Straight Star Wars reference. And I told, so I thought it was really cute that the, it's nicer when they can all play. Like, that's why I'm so in love with Zack Snyder and JJ's back and forth with the Batman Star Wars. Oh yeah, it's it's fun. It's, it's so fun. fun. It's it's. Well, and that's the funny thing because I mean, people are still trying to build it up as Marvel versus DC, and like my uh, on ATGN, my buddy Chris, the the host of that show, he actually put it on his Facebook. He's like, you look at that list of movies that they just announced, and you look at the movies that have come out so far. It's not Marvel versus DC. It's just Marvel. At this point, DC's not in the competition. 
I hope they get to the point where they are in the competition. But right now, when you look at a failed Green Lantern, a failed Jonah Hex, the end of the Nolan Batman, they're, they're great, but they're done. And basically two not well-received Superman movies in a row. DC's not even in this fight. Okay, I don't get where this two not well-received Superman thing comes from, though. Because there is a huge I'm population like I, of this Earth who yeah, did, no. in fact, love Man of Steel. I dig them both, but right. neither one of them really did well enough to get a sequel. Uh, Man of Steel did quite well. It, it didn't uh... do as good as it should have for a Superman movie. I guess so, but I mean, it, they did have <laughs> well, that... to go through the aches of it being a different new. For what yeah. they had to, for the for for the fact that they had to change it and had to do a different Superman, what they did was brilliant. You know what I mean? Oh like, no, you yeah, couldn't and I have done it the same. Parts of it, right? And I mean, I was on the podcast with you talking about it. There's oh, yeah. Very few things about that movie I dislike, but it also it didn't hit the world the way a Superman movie should have. Like it's just. Box office wise, both of those films were highly disappointing. Which and there's no reason they should have been. They were both Superman. They both had a Superman played by an amazing actor. Um, fucking, you had Kevin Spacey as Lex fucking Luther yeah, in a that, Brian Singer Superman. That, was a that Brad movie script, was though. fucking. It had yeah. parts of it that were utterly perfect, and other parts of it that were pure shit. And like that shouldn't happen with a Superman movie. It was like going yeah. back to fucking. Uh, what is it, the peace one with fucking Nuclear Man? See, like, they, just awful. <laughs> think back to the first Superman, though. See, here's the thing. You can't not say DC's, DC's in the game when you go back and you look at the first Superman movie. And no, you no. Look if, at if the you, first... I'm talking modern age right now. Oh, yeah, for if sure. You go back, Definitely. Yeah, if you look at the history, when you look at uh, 19... Was it 78? The original Believe a Man Can Fly? Christopher Reeves and fucking... Oh my God, uh, Donner! Uh, the mm -hmm. Richard Donner Superman is a perfect superhero movie. Yeah, I don't care if anybody says it's dated. Fuck you. Go watch the the original and the Donner cut apart two. <laughs> Those are two of the best films ever made. Oh, yeah. Much less the best superhero films ever made. Yeah, it's quite they are brilliant. Yeah, utterly spectacular. But in like in this day and age, like if we're going, you know, even since I look at the modern films, modern comic films is from Blade One forward. Because <laughs> at that point, well, at that point, literally nobody had anything. Spider-Man had been in limbo for 20 years at that point. There was no Superman on the horizon. Schumacher had just destroyed Batman in a way where nobody ever thought we would see a fucking Batman movie again. Yeah. Like, people thought the franchise was dead forever after the fourth film. Yeah. And Wesley Snipes risked his own money to make Blade. Basically, if you look at the history of the the way they came out, I'm trying to remember the, exactly, but Blade gave us X-Men, X-Men gave us Spider-Man, and then I think Spider-Man gave us the first Fantastic Four. So some people might be mad right there. But that all led into, I mean, yeah, Blade made them see this, even a superhero knockoff movie, you know, a horror film based on a comic book, could make money. And so then Fox bought the rights to the X-Men, and we got the first X-Men film, which did fucking gangbusters. Like, that thing worldwide went crazy. Yeah, and then that after was... that, Sony decides they're going to finish all the hubbub back and forth and bullshit and actually get a Spider-Man film in the works. And we get the first Spider-Man film. And, I mean, it's still um, – I'm looking at the rankings now of the actual comic book adaptations, 1978 to present. It's The first Spider-Man is number five. 
at 403 million lifetime gross. Like Jesus, yeah. That first Spider-Man is amazing. Okay, I well, mean, on hold that on. chart somewhere is Superman, but it's, you know, it's down there and Superman Returns is way down there. Okay, you got <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy at 94 million opening weekend. Yep. You have Man of Steel. And it's Ste- now third in the Marvel Cinematic Universe of Marvel films. It has now made more money than all the Marvel films except for Iron Man 3 and Avengers. Okay. Uh, Which is ridiculous because, honestly, I'm remembering all the articles I originally read. It wasn't supposed to do that well. Well, Man of Steel did 130. 116 opening weekend is what I'm reading on Box Office Mojo. Okay. I'm looking and at some other page here. So 291 it, for its lifetime. So, no, I mean. Two, it, I got it, I got 345 lifetime. Lifetime? Yeah. Man of Steel. Not off of Box Office Mojo. Oh, what the hell am I looking at here? Box well, Office Mojo, I'm showing 291 domestic and 377 foreign for a total of 668 worldwide. Jesus Christ, that's still insane amounts of money. Yeah, but it, I mean, that's, you know, it's an insane amount of money. That's enough for a sequel is what human. I'm saying. <laughs> oh, it is, but it's not It's not enough to make them run out and say, oh, we have to fucking make a sequel. Oh, this is interesting, actually, as I'm looking by Marvel's here. Marvel's Avengers, $623 million domestic. In the U.S., it made as much as Man of Steel. And then yeah. an additional 895 foreign. $1.5 billion worldwide. Jesus. That's a movie that's guaranteed that you get five sequels. Yeah. <laughs> See, there's an it, Avengers in the U.S. made what Man of Steel made the entire worldwide. Oh yeah, that's well Avengers, <laughs> totally. That's that's a nutty thing. But people are used to seeing Superman on screen in a certain way. A lot of the thing about this, the run of the first phase of Marvel, is nobody had ever seen this shit, right? Yeah, like, people and were like, "Look at Iron Man." Two Avengers, Holy and Avengers was crap. a payoff movie, yeah. which they've never really done in a. So now franchise. here's what's going to be interesting to see, though, is. As big as Marvel is right now, as big as the Avengers were and are, there's still something that's on a whole other level, at least to me, and I think in a certain like mythological range, to see for the first time ever Batman and Superman in a movie together, I do not comprehend, unless what, unless what they show us sucks... And people are kind of iffy because of trailers and stuff. It, I just can't see it not being so enormous that my God, I hope people are just forgiving. Do you know what I mean? Like, well, and yeah, that, and that was the thing with Man of Steel, and I know you understand. Honestly, people didn't give it a break that it had to be something different. No, it's true. A lot of people didn't. And honestly, mm-hmm. I'll tell you flat out: Batman Five Superman, which is still the worst fucking title ever, <laughs> should make more money than the Avengers. If it doesn't, it's because they fucked it up. Because they're the like the three most recognizable symbols on this planet are the Red Cross, that means the hospital or you know medical, the Batman logo and the fucking Superman S, and then I think you know the Christian cross. Like those are the four most recognizable <laughs> logos worldwide. Yeah, Batman and Superman. There's kids in Africa that have never seen a TV or a comic book that have Batman shirts. Like. Yeah. He's Batman and Superman are everywhere. They are the two biggest heroes in the history of media. Yeah. So and yeah, that movie it should be guaranteed 
to make more money than but Marvel's he's also Avengers. skewing towards the actual fans like if it doesn't do as well as it could i think one of the reasons might be is because Zack snyder's not trying to make it uh for a wide audience like i'm sure he is to a certain extent but you know what i mean it well, is yeah, I mean, so yeah, heavily influenced stuff they off are. that Frank Miller but stuff. It's that, one of those things. I think they're also that's failing. ballsy. That's they're ballsy. Just, DC doesn't handle things the way Marvel does. They're also not how a movie studio, movie? right? Well, this how is many Warner Brothers videos? Wait, what was that? This is also that DC is not a movie studio. They don't have a movie studio. This is Warner Brothers trying to get no, their own well, heads the out of their own asses. DC right? is Warner Brothers telling them what to do. Yes. Yeah. And so yeah. it's a bunch of movie executives, yes. not comic book fans, a bunch of movie executives where Marvel Studios is basically the house of Kevin Feige that was built by Avia Rad. Avia Rad and yeah. Stan Lee were producers on all the previous Marvel stuff. And basically Avia Rad like, pretty much raised and fucking prepped Kevin Feige for the job that he's doing now by bringing him in as a junior producer and basically teaching him everything he knew. And so you have a guy that is a fan of Marvel comics, a fan of Marvel's properties. And I think he puts that ahead of his job. And then he does his best job to promote Marvel, not necessarily the comics and not necessarily, you know, giving the fans exactly what they want, but the best interpretation that he can get of a character. And because basically right now Kevin Feige is running that whole fucking show, he's the reason we're getting like all these Phase Three films. Wonder like, why this he is keeps all part of his up fucking the cartoons plan. then. <laughs> yeah, I mean the, the the cartoons could use some help, and honestly, it would have been better if when Disney bought them, if they hadn't canceled the contract on Earth's Mightiest Avengers because that was the best cartoon they'd done in ten fucking years. Oh yeah, easy. But it's one of those things where DC's winning the TV game, and Marvel's winning the movies. And there's different people in charge of all four of those brackets. Yes. Because DC on TV is amazing. But when you look at, like, the Avengers, the build-up movies and then the Avengers film, like, it destroyed all expectations because it was the first payoff movie. That had never really happened. You'd never seen a franchise that built up to something and then delivered it. Yeah. Like, the closest thing I can even think of now, because I've been trying to rack my brain to think of something like that, was Freddy vs. Jason. Where it was, you know, rumored yeah, 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 yeah. forever that these two were finally going to fight. And at the end of Jason Goes to Hell, they actually had a hand come up and fucking pull the mask underground. Yeah, I remember that. Which is yeah. awesome because Kane Hodder, if I remember correctly, was the hand in the glove. So he's the only person that's played Freddy and Krueger. Oh, nice. Because he was the the gloved hand at the end of that one. But then they actually did Freddy vs. Jason. And, I mean, for a horror film, that movie did spectacular. Oh, didn't that feel like your whole – that feels like a nice natural segue, by the way, into – I was trying because, yeah, we've been talking for an hour and a half. Sorry, kids. We were going to go on on a bit of a Halloween theme, (laughs) which we can still rap about for a bit. But uh, Remember what I said about how we always talk Marvel comic movies on ATGN? Well, it's – Because I can get this conversation going. It's been a little while also (laughs) since you and I have chatted, and there's been a – fuckload of fucking news that's fucking come up since all this there fucking has happened. indeed I wanna, oh, like I oh yeah i can't not mention though, uh before L- we go into horror films l cool j is i just m- saw that, yeah, that he's in talks for something i want to know what that i think play. luke cage man you think luke cage i think he'd make a great luke cage with that personality and shit it's, it's I, possible i can he's say him fucking s- huge i think yeah, he he's could huge do i saw him in swat he can do action films like, I mean, there's no we, – we all know he can fucking get as cut as anybody out there, yeah. especially for a guy his size. 
and he does the shave head look real good. So yeah, yeah. he could he could definitely run around and say sweet Christmas. I mean, I just I kind of wonder how well <laughs> his fight scenes work. If he doesn't say sweet Christmas at I least just... once on the Netflix show, I'm gonna be pissed. I just pictured that in my fucking head, him saying that, and it's fucking perfectly it's perfect, awesome. <laughs> Can't you I hear mean, I, LL I, going I, sweet Christmas? Yeah. <laughs> of all the other all the available characters that would probably be played by an African American or a black actor. I think that would be the perfect one for him. So yeah. that, if that's if they're talking to LL and those those rumors are real, I hope that's who he's going to be. Well, they're saying he may be trying the Vin again. Diesel thing and like bullying his way in there too. It's possible, you yeah. know, some shit works. But I mean, uh, when you're talking about you know the 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 lead up to Batman versus Superman, that's where I see the problem with DC versus Marvel on the movie franchise because I should be more excited for those two cinematic and comic book icons to face off across from each other for the first time ever than I was ever for the Avengers. I've never I don't think I own more than 10 Avengers comics. I don't care about the Avengers in the Marvel comics. I'm a Marvel fucking zombie and I've never been a fan of that team. I Me was either, so yeah. fucking excited for that movie. I was like, you know, squeeing like a little girl. They they released like, you know, bad, you know, cell phone footage of shots of Batman versus Superman from San Diego and that was how long ago July and to this point DC still has not released any actual footage which is great which I think is great because you're going back to 89 Batman styles you're fucking holding it in you're teasing it up a little bit they can't hold it in they're letting little shit slip out and then they're not giving us the clear cut image that they want to present we're also very far out the thing that happened it is very far out but so is fucking the next Avengers film but what they had happen on Tuesday when they were get, or on Monday when they were getting ready for Agents of Shield, they're like, "Hey, we're gonna show the next fucking, we're gonna release the trailer for Age of Ultron, and you're gonna shit yourself." And what happens the night before somebody or they were gonna do a teaser, not even yeah. the full trailer, a teaser for Age of Ultron. Somebody gets the footage, leaks it, and it's a crappy version of it. Fucking someone at Marvel takes the reins. They get on their Twitter account and go, "Damn you, Hydra." And then on Agents of Shield, they give us the full HD version of the trailer, not a teaser. The fucking yeah. like the full thing. They just said they, fuck it. Here you yeah, go. Yeah, they're like fuck <laughs> it. Send them. Here's the good version of it. Yeah. If DC had followed up San Diego Comic Con two weeks later by saying, "Here's the footage we showed of Batman versus Superman at Comic Con. Check it out." I'm shocked they didn't. That's yeah. that's that what I'm one saying, surprised they're me. The ball because there's 32 movie executives at Warner Brothers trying to make. 32 different diversions of a decision where I think Kevin Feige and the fucking figureheads at Marvel, Joe Quesada and Bendis and all the guys that they get in the rooms that make those decisions. When it comes to actually making a decision like what they did on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to just release the trailer, I think like all of that really comes down to Kevin Feige and maybe a couple other people. And those people are faster at making those decisions and they're better at them. Right. And that's the problem DC's having right now is there's too many fucking chefs in the kitchen and, you know, well, I they're think trying it's... to give us the greatest fucking burger ever, and so far they've fucked up a couple of orders of fries. Well, I, I totally see your point. I think Nolan and Snyder together are kind of taking control of it and, like, you know, easing it into that way out of their hands. Now, the thing about the Comic-Con thing, and I've heard, heard them talk about this, even though I do think they should have released it, it wasn't a teaser or a trailer. It was kind of a teaser. But none of that footage seen is in the movie. That was shot specifically for Comic-Con. Yeah. 
So it's a little bit different. Which, that's that, fine if you don't want to show that. Yeah, but gives fucking. Yeah. But also, 2016, man. Like 2016, we still got over a year and a bit, yeah. like year and a half, and we've already been on this movie for a year, you know. Yeah, so, but when does uh, uh, the Infinity War come out? 2018 and 2019. And we just saw an image of Thanos wearing the glove. Yeah, but how simple is that's a quick <laughs> – that's that's the same thing, right? It, they probably made that, that just for that, right? That was probably a $3 million CGI shot is what that was. Yes, that's totally <laughs> But I'm saying still, was, yeah. like if they don't have the footage that they want to show the rest of the world, like we're getting leaked images of the Batmobile, leaked images of the guys in their suits on the set, leak this, leak that, fucking fuzzy grainy this, bad that, fucking – Scott Snyder released the, sh- the promo shot of the Batmobile on his Twitter. It was fucking amazing. And then followed it up with maybe tomorrow we'll show the whole thing. And then instead he gave us a shot of the suit in monochrome. Yeah. Fucking amazing. And then since then, nothing. Yeah, I, I can have patience. I, lo- I loved the fact that in 1989, I pretty much didn't see Batman till I went and saw the movie. Well, yeah, but I mean, like it hit the cover of TV Guide. It hit the couple of a couple of magazines. It was mentioned on Entertainment Tonight, and that was it. But it was also the pre-internet world. Yes. The pre-internet world is the equivalent of the fucking Stone Age compared to the social media today. <laughs> if you're gonna start hyping Batman versus Superman, which should be the biggest comic film of all time, if it's done correctly, yeah. it should make three billion dollars. <laughs> I mean, that's not an overestimate. It yeah. should make twice what the Marvels, the Avengers made. Because it's the two biggest, most iconic characters in the history of comics. Yeah. Everybody knows who Batman is. Everybody knows who Superman is. Half the people in the world still couldn't tell me who the characters were in the Avengers movies, and it made one and a half billion dollars. Yeah. I could show half the kids in a fucking, you know, small town in Sudan pictures of fucking Black Widow and Hawkeye, and they wouldn't know who they were. If I showed them a red S and a diamond, I'll bet you they can say the word Superman. Yeah, yeah. Because it's in their fucking language. It's crazy. Because that yeah. character is everywhere. It though, That film should make $3 billion, but if you start hyping it three years before it's coming out, you have to keep the hype going. That's mm-hmm. the problem. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think you can have a little lull. Let people forget about it for a bit. But we'll see how that ends up. But as you were saying before, I believe you and I are both Freddy guys, aren't we? Oh, yeah. The, there, there is no nothing, no one better than Freddy yeah. Krueger. Yeah. He is the king because I, I talked about this with a friend a while ago. Your three big slashers are Michael, Jason, Freddy. Yes. Everybody else is derivatives of those three. The original Friday the 13th was the start of what is now like the – the, the slasher genre that really started in the late seventies, early eighties. Yeah. Like the, the first one where it didn't, and Jason's not even in it, but yeah. his mama going around killing kids at a camp. So like, weird. That was man. really like the yeah. start of the slasher genre. And then you get Mikey doing almost the same thing, but connected to a holiday and in a town. So it's, you know, it's not a camp. It's a very different setup. And then, but it's, it's two big guys that stalk around and kill, you know, half naked teens teenagers and people that have sex and they don't talk yeah (laughs) then you get Wes Craven who comes up with an idea based on a real story that he read an article in a newspaper of a kid that was keeping himself awake and ended up actually dying in his sleep from a heart attack 
you know, most likely from a fucking nightmare. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, if, uh, watch Never Sleep Again. It's a documentary about all the Nightmare on Elm Streets. Oh, I haven't even. I didn't know that existed. Oh, is it on dude. Netflix. It's amazing. I believe it is. The last time I checked. Oh, um, I hope yeah. it's on the Netflix Canada. I'll check it right now. What I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, Wes Craven based the original idea on a scary guy from his neighborhood when he was growing up when he was a kid, and this article he read about a kid who basically like actually hit a coffee pot in his fucking closet and was trying to keep himself awake and ended up dying in his sleep and just those different twists. And then the idea that you had what well, started out as a child molester turned child murderer where they altered new line altered a little bit because at the time the movie was coming out, the first one, there was an elementary school where a bunch of teachers were convicted of molesting kids. Ah. And so they had to kind of pull back on the fact that in that first movie, they never really talk about the idea that Freddie's a child molester. They referred to him as a child murderer. Yes. And so they kind of they kind of try to glaze over the idea that he messed with the kids before he killed them, and then that's why the the new one was such a weird trip because in the new Nightmare when they remade it with Platinum Dunes, it's straight molester like they go right into it and in fact in that movie I don't think he killed any of the kids he molested them got caught and they killed him right yeah so he wasn't even a child murderer he doesn't kill anybody until he actually becomes the dream demon but Freddie he talks. He's in your dreams, so he can do anything. And because it's Robert England, which you know nobody saw coming, he has that quote: "I never knew that playing, you know, a slasher and a kind of geeky alien would give me a thirty-year career in Hollywood." Because he was the nerd on V, the original TV series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then after that, he was Freddy Krueger. And thirty fucking years later, he's still working. Like, you know, Robert England is amazing. And it's all because of what he developed with that character, which you can really only do when a character has personality. And you hardly see him in the first one. Yeah, he's he's in very little of the first one. The second one is utterly insane. It's it's the number one most unintentionally gay horror film of all time. Like, it, there's a list of five. It's number one. Really? And Yeah, and it's funny, too, because in Never Sleep Again, they talk to the director and uh, the kid who started it, who actually ended up coming out later as gay. Like, he was you know, a closeted homosexual and didn't really know what he was as a teenager when he was doing right. that film. And you rewatch it and listen to some of the dialogue in the second one. The second Nightmare on Elm Street movie is one of the gayest things ever created. Man, I gotta watch. That's Freddy's yeah. Dead, isn't it? Or no? No, that's, um... Freddy's Revenge? Freddy's Revenge, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. And yeah, it's the only one where uh, Nancy's not in... Well, it's the, the first one that Nancy's not in because she's in 1, 3, and 6, I think. But yeah, it's... It's because of the character. It's because of what Robert England did with the character. It's because Freddy talks. It's because he jokes. It's because he fucks with you before he kills you. Yeah. Freddy beats them all. I mean, Chucky got a little bit of that, but also, to me, it's a doll. Yeah, it wasn't half as terrifying as Freddy could be, for sure. Of of all those films growing up, uh, my babysitter, and uh, just so everybody knows, Never Sleep Again, The Elm Street Legacy is a three-hour and 58-minute documentary, and it is on Netflix. Damn. Yeah, I own it, and I've watched it three times since I bought it. It's on Netflix America, kids. Don't get too yeah, excited, sorry, sorry. you, yeah, uh, you Netflix, knuckleheads, American until you check your knuckleheads, but uh, it should be yeah. there. So I don't know about the .ca, because I know your guys' Netflix SQ sucks balls, and I feel sorry. It's gotten much better. I heard that there was some updates. They, they improved greatly. They really did. There is a lot, especially with their uh, their like new release or movies and stuff. Like, 
Nice. It's finally gotten to the point where I'll take a gander, like I'll just be browsing through, and there'll be like six movies that I'm like, I watch any of these fucking movies right now. Nice. So I see. I think that was something that when they had that backlash where everybody started charging them more for the licenses because yeah. they were realizing how many people were picking up Netflix yeah. when they were going through that backlash and they lost all the licenses. I think that was the same time they were getting backlash for the instant queue in Canada sucking yeah. and they couldn't fix all the problems at the same time. And so Canada just had to get put on the back burner, and so now they're fixing it. <laughs> uh, whatever they've done, it's much better. So I agree. Last yeah, but I was huge. I had literally, I had right up to five, uh, Dream Master, on my uh, posters on my wall. I had all five of them, and nice. uh, just all in a row because just Freddy was the yeah. shit. There was just my mom something would let me about get those, fucking yeah, Freddy. My babysitter when it came out on VHS rented it the first weekend it was out and i, I want to say i was eight i believe yeah it would have been around out, that yeah. i think it first hit the theaters when i was six and back then vhs took a it took a lot longer to get out yeah, but yeah, yeah by the time it actually hit my local place i think i turned eight my babysitter rented it uh came over my parents went out for the night um put me and my sister to bed and she woke us up at midnight and showed us fucking Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> what? <laughs> and I tell you, honestly, that is the last time that I was actually terrified. Wow. Like, that movie, it scared the shit out of me, but I also loved every minute of it. Yeah. My sister went to bed, like, crying and scared shitless <laughs> and had trouble sleeping for the next, I think, two months. There's like, only one horror movie. My babysitter movie. got in trouble after that one, but that was the last oh, sure. one where, like, it scared me. But I was, I was so hooked. Mine, Up until that when point, I was the a only kid, one I think uh, I'd seen was American Wolf in London. I'd seen that one previous to Freddy. Okay, so just horror movies in general. Okay. Oh, yeah. I love them all, but yeah, the, the yeah. first – the Nightmare – the first Nightmare on Elm Street was the last one that actually scared me. After that, it was just I enjoyed them. It's like, oh, these yeah. are awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what you're in for, for sure. Creep Show 2. Nice. Scared the living fuck out of me when I was a kid. I was in grade four. And it was my birthday party. And I, for some reason, convinced my mom to rent this fucking movie. <laughs> and I remember cowering was... under a blanket beside her watching it. And uh, especially the last one. Have you seen Creepshow 2? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah no, I, remember... I love the Creepshows, dude. Thanks Stephen for the King ride, lady. And, um... Oh, thanks for the ride. It was amazing. Yeah, one. The Hitchhiker. I, I'm trying to think I think it was director. called The Hitchhiker. Oh, uh, it was... Those? Fuck, it was someone we should know, too. Because, yeah, when you put the two names together, it's like, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. Fuck, I don't remember. But, man, that – Oh, Romero. Fucking George Romero. Yes, yeah. That yeah, scared Mr. the Mr. Zombie himself, the guy who invented the zombie me. franchise. Oh, my God. Thanks for the ride, lady. Yeah, that and, one oh. is – And, the, and the swamp one, when the kids are in the lake – and they're out on the, the raft, raft, and that glob, like, comes up through and, like, kills yeah, them all. Yeah, and if anybody oh. finds it out there in a magazine, Stephen King wrote an article. Um, he'll give you, like, tens of thousands of dollars if you can find the original version of that in print. Because the magazine it went out in, it was called The Float. It was a short story by Stephen King. He never got a copy of it from the publisher, and apparently the publisher went out of business, and nobody's ever found a copy of it. Wow. But oh, that was also an article he wrote a couple years ago, so he might have found one by now. <laughs> yeah, if you can find one of those, they're a rare fucking thing. That's insane, man. See, yeah, I wasn't I, big into horror I, movies. I'm I'm not into them oh, now as much them. either. But when we were kids, it was more like they had these characters like Freddy and Jason and fucking shit. Now it's uh, I, 
I, I don't know if it's the same or not, because I was never huge. There's, that's the thing. I didn't love horror movies, but I loved Freddy. Well, see, in the because growing up in the 80s, we had slasher films. So we right. had we got Jason, we got Michael, we got Freddy, and then a thousand knockoffs. Right. And then, let's see, in the 90s, we got – I'm trying to think. When was the first Saw film? Cause, oh, that like, would that been... was the start of the first new genre. Yeah, that would have been late Saw 90s, came. early 2000s. So 2004, yeah, yeah was yeah. the first Saw. So, I mean, horror films in the 90s, like, I have trouble even really thinking of any good ones. Like – there it were was, really. That's when you had stupid shit like Scream, yeah. and I know what you did last summer. Hey, and hey, that hey, don't kind talk of shit that about Scream. Started. Well, you to know what me, I mean. It's it's not stupid, but they're it's not, not scary. It's but yeah. Scream. I mean, what what Wes Craven did with Freddy in a new nightmare or in a Nightmare on Elm Street is what he did. He redefined the entire genre with the first Scream film. Yes, absolutely. And then yeah. Saw One came out and redefined horror again and gave us torture porn, which a lot right. of people hate. But the original Saw franchise I like because it, it had an original idea. It had great concepts. But like the hostile films, like I'm going to strap someone to a chair and torture them. Like that, yeah. eh, those I could care less about. They're not even entertaining. Yeah, I'm not into that. In the 90s, yeah. it was more like weird movies like Stigmata. Yeah, and... there, there was lots of just, yeah, kind of offshoot stuff. And yeah. Like, yeah, it's hard to, like, I can't think of a character. Well, the that 90s came out were a nutty time. times for general, for movies in general, because oh, yeah, it was the stuff, boom yeah. of independent movies and music and, and everything that way. So there was more variety in the 90s than we've had since the 60s, right? Yeah, it had, yeah, there Probably was more. lots of people throwing ideas out there and seeing what stuck, but. Yeah, but I never got into the, like, I tried, like, the. the... Okay, yeah, let me see. Okay, so I'm pulling up 90s horror films. Just literally Googled that. Yeah. You have the Blair Witch Project in 99. So yeah. That was, that was kind of a different genre that gives you your steady cam shit, which I blamed them for all of those. I didn't think the original Blair Witch was scary. I didn't think it was a well made film. And I was pissed at the ending because nothing happens. Yeah. Um,. Okay, 91, we had Silence of the Lambs. Now, that was some scary shit. Is that a horror movie, though? It's, 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 and some people could argue, because there's some people that, that scared the shit out of them, which is the definition for some people of a horror film. True. Um, yeah, Scream was 96, um, In the Mouth of Madness was 94. Some people would call that a horror film. Right, um, right. Yeah, we got some, we got a lot of the comedy horror stuff. Yeah, like we Jeepers got, um, Creepers. Army of Darkness, Jeepers yeah. Creepers, Demon Knight. Yeah. Um, by then, like, 93, you have Jason Goes to Hell, The Final Friday. Um, I still know what you did last summer. By that <laughs> point, those were hilarious. And what is Final Destination? Yeah, That might Final have been early 2000s, those, though. I think those yeah, were but... – I'm pretty sure they started in the 90s. But you were right. Freddy versus Jason was uh, – it felt like you earned it. It felt like it was a gift given to yeah, you for was, loving that shit. It was a build-up to it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, yeah, by then, at that point in the 90s, we are seeing the three biggies – and and adding in Chucky at that point, you got Freddy, Jason, Michael, and Chucky are all in the fifth, sixth films. Yeah, I mean, you know, Halloween ended up having like what eight or nine. Um, Freddy had seven. Jason <laughs> uh, had X, which was technically did Jason it really have 10. seven? Do you count was... New Nightmare? Oh yeah, New yeah. Nightmare is a fucking Nightmare on Elm Street film. It's really? an almost perfect Nightmare on Elm Street film. Yeah, it was it was actually if you look at it, go watch New Nightmare and then watch Scream One. New Nightmare, I think, is where Wes Craven got the idea of trying to do the meta films. Where he took the character of Freddy as an entity yeah. and had it interact with the actors who made the nightmare movies. I can't connect them. 
It doesn't count in the trilogy back. to me. Oh, I mean, it's it's definitely. I mean, it's not it's not the same character that was in that first film. But the idea of the of there being an essence yeah. that's trapped in the movies, and if you don't tell the movie that that essence will get out, <laughs> the the character that Robert England plays in that movie, when he refers to the nightmares that he's having and that he's dreaming of a Freddy Krueger that's scarier than the character he played. Yeah. Those were some great fucking scenes, man. <laughs> they were there was some cool shit. Like I thought it was a neat movie. I just can't I can't group them together just cuz I'm so like cuz I love the story of Freddy. I love how it came together as this, as the movies went on. Like first he's just a child murderer, then a molester, then you fight, start finding things out like he's the bastard son of a thousand men or a hundred men. Hundred maniacs. Yeah. yeah I mean. it, and, and then he, he ends up taking over a town, and then he goes nationwide because yeah. every town has an Elm Street. Yeah, and then it, but just the story of his mother locked in the thing, and she was a nun, and and yeah, all. Yeah, I that. definitely don't oh. look at New Nightmare as a continuation of that story, right? Because that story ended with Freddy's dead, but it's definitely part of the Nightmare franchise because it's integral to like basically telling the end of that story. Right. It's just, it's not the end of right. those movies or that specific character, but it's the end of that story. Because, I mean, in the same way, like, it's weird because when you look at, like, um, the Jason films, Friday the 13th, there's ten of them, but Jason's not in two of them. He's not? I thought he was just no. not in the first. A lot of people forget. Number five, Tommy Jarvis, uh, the kid that was played by uh, Corey Feldman, kills him at the end of four. And then Tommy Jarvis goes to the nut house, and in five, he gets out, and they put him in kind of a halfway house for people that are getting out of the insane asylum. And then somebody shows up as Jason and starts murdering a bunch of kids, and it's the fucking ambulance driver. There's no fucking Jason Voorhees in part five either. So how so, – okay. So yeah, the trivia question when they say who was the killer in Friday the 13th, you have to say which one. Because in one, it's Mrs. Voorhees. In five, it's the ambulance driver. In two, three, four, six, seven, eight, nine, and X, it's Jason Voorhees. So how does Voorhees come back after that happens then, after four or whatever? Because the way the Jason films are set up is that Jason cannot die no matter how you kill him. He just goes away for a while. <laughs> He's Jason is a force of nature the way Freddy is a dream, de- a dream demon. Right. There's really no way to – they've tried to kill Freddy you know, every different way in all the different films. And Jason, they kind of handle the same way where he's really a force of nature. Because, I mean, there's there's basically sequences where Jason teleports. Like it's not even just Michael Myers slow walking and I'll always catch you. Like, if you actually look at some of the editing, Jason moves hundreds of yards in less yeah. than seconds. Like, the motherfucker can teleport. I don't care what you say. He is the fastest slow-walking bastard on the planet. Yeah. And, yeah, it's just he can take – there's no limit to the amount of physical damage he can take to his body, and he keeps coming forward. Yeah. He is the epitome of the unstopping, unstoppable it's killing. It's great when shit didn't need to make sense. Like everything exactly. needs to and make Jason sense. Exactly, and Jason does now. it. Yeah, yeah, if you, yeah. you look at the different ways he's killed and resurrected in the films, like I think there's actually one of them he's actually resurrected in a dream sequence, which I don't know how that affects his actual body, <laughs> but he comes back. Right. And another one, he's resurrected from a lake by a psychic who's trying to bring up, who's trying to bring her dead father back to life. Like, it's unbelievably how it makes no fucking sense. But yeah, at that point, they weren't even trying to make it make sense. It's like, hey, let's just make another fucking horror movie and have some fun. And I think a lot of, like, when they talk about the torture porn era from Saw forward, there's no fun in Hostel. Like, there's very little fun in Cabin in the Woods. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 
it, it's funny because some stuff of Eli Ross I love, and other stuff I wish he would stop being attached to films. Like it's, <laughs> I'm so back and forth on him. Yeah. But yeah, there's like a lot of horror films these days. They don't. There's no fun in it anymore. Hey, part like, that three, was really Nightmare something. Three, Dream Warriors. <laughs> oh, Dream Warriors is great, dude. Yeah. Yeah, fucking it is. Patricia Arquette and fucking Lawrence Fishburne. It's so fucking good. Uh, a puppet master. There's a puppet master sequence where Freddy wakes a kid up who's a known sleepwalker, and inside the dream rips his veins out of his arms and his legs and is puppeteering him down the fucking hallway. Yeah, like it's amazing. Yeah. I just watched that two nights ago. It's one of the best fucking things ever. Didn't they recreate that in in Freddy versus Jason? Um. I think there was a sleepwalking sequence, but I don't think they did the full-on puppet. Okay. I there was there was some have. back and forth, and yeah, it's just it's yeah there was there was shit there in the '80s and coming into the '90s, especially at the end of those franchises, where a lot of the writers and the directors I think just wanted to have fun, make a good movie, and get some enjoyment out of it. Not so much like these are really going to scare people because there's certain people that are just they're scared by any horror movie they see. Yeah, and other people like me after like the first Nightmare on Elm Street, none of it's scary anymore. But I fucking love it. I enjoy it. They're fun. Yeah, and it's just yeah, like they they had fun making those, and I think a lot of that has fallen out of horror now that yeah. you don't because then Chucky, they blur the lines. A funner you know s- series of films than the Chucky films. Dear I wasn't God, a huge a fan doll. of Chucky. That's I thought I thought that was a little too far silly that a doll would be able to take all these people out but i always like when the line it. got blurred like silver bullet remember silver bullet with uh silver bullet was Corey a good Haim one. yeah fucking uh what's his name crazy teeth there fucking uh uh gary Busey. Busey, <laughs> nice yeah but that's yeah, a that, great another movie Stephen King one. and that's a horror-ish movie right oh no that's a yeah that's a werewolf horror film yeah that yeah is, that is a like horror lost boys sure. which you know would you call Lost Boys a horror movie? Lost Boys is a horror movie. Yeah, it's, for sure. Yeah. I consider it a fun vampire romp, but yeah. it is a horror movie. I used to have this book growing <laughs> up, and I can't remember where I got it, but it was a little just the film about uh, uh, horror movies through history. Nice. A- and a uh, really cool book, and I remember learning so much stuff about that book introduced me to like Lon Chaney, you know, The Man of a Thousand Faces, and all the different people that have played Dracula. And uh, it's a long list of names. <laughs> it's crazy how it that was horror back then. Horror like the Universal Monsters that terrified people. Oh yeah, I you mean know? yeah, horror is one of those things that evolves and it changes. They talk about horror dying all the time because it goes away for a while and it changes yeah. and comes back. Yeah. I'm looking at the list of crazy '90s films. Fucking Doctor Giggles, dude. Doctor what? A horror movie that's. Dr. Giggles. Oh, yeah. A horror movie about that. a fucking yeah. insane surgeon that cuts people up. And then one of my favorites from the 90s, Event Horizon. It is – Alien is an amazing sci-fi film, and a lot of people consider it a horror film because the first Alien movie almost is a horror film. Yeah. But if you don't consider that the first sci-fi horror film, Event Horizon is a horror film that happens to take place in a spaceship instead of a haunted house. This is true. Event Horizon – to this day, I still know people that won't watch that movie because it scares the shit out of them. <laughs> There's some sequences done in that film. That was probably the one that got me the closest to actually being afraid again. I've heard that. Of seeing something new. I've heard that about that That movie. was one of the first Blu-rays I bought when I got a Blu-ray player was Event Horizon to watch that again on Blu-ray. It's one wow. of my favorite movies because it is so so out there. 
Yeah, I've heard it's just fucking like have you never bonkers seen it? nuts. No, I think I might have tried to watch oh. it when I was younger, but yeah, dude, you have to watch Event Horizon. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne, to... Sam Neill, like there's great actors. Yeah, in there, like, oh yeah, I've, I've, I've watched parts of it. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And I, an amazing I, I... cast, and just yeah, the whole sequence. It's it's basically like a ship went somewhere and came back, and where it went was where all the Hellraiser guys live. Right. All the Cenobites. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which was another, that was scary. Hellraiser scared me. I see. I guess I was too old by the time I started watching those. I was. I think by the time I started watching the Hellraiser films and I got into Clive Barker, I got into Clive Barker because of the quote from Stephen King where he said, "This is this man is the future of horror." And at that point, I was reading Stephen King novels, and I was you know halfway through the Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the Thirteenth franchises. So by the time I started watching the Hellraisers, they were just fun. They were yeah. gruesome and fucking bloody, but I loved them. Like, I don't know at why. that point, For I just reason, I was a horror uh, fan at that point already. Pinhead scared the shit out of me. Did you dress up uh, as like horror pe- horror people or monsters for Halloween a lot then, or? Um, not really. Um, I was I, always superheroes. I, yeah, I had um, I did vampires a couple of years because um, due to my uh, dad hanging out in Vietnam with Agent Orange, I have some really crowded teeth. But so my canines are up above where they should be. Okay. So I basically, by the time I was 10, I looked like I had fangs. Uh. So I would do a vampire quite often. <laughs> um, other than that, I don't think I really did really horror things. For some odd reason, like Halloween was always more fun for me. So it was like dressing up, was like covering myself in green paint and going <clears> as the Hulk when I was five. Yeah, like, yeah, It was yeah, stuff like yeah. that. It was, it, was, it was stuff that was more for fun. And then uh, growing up in Idaho, growing up here, um, specifically Halloween – used to be, like, literally the start of winter. Like, that was – it was guaranteed every year it was either going to be freezing rain or just freezing cold. So Halloween costumes, we were always trying to come up with the warmest costume you could think of <laughs> and still, like, look like somebody. Yeah, yeah, because back then we were hardcore in the 80s. It always seemed – it seemed like there was uh, hundreds of more kids out back then, and we oh, had yeah. pillowcases. You didn't yeah, bring a little plastic box. You went out with and a pillowcase. If you didn't half of it, you were a lazy bastard. Oh, yeah. If you didn't drop that, if you didn't have to do a drop-off and go back <laughs> out, you were a fucking lazy bastard, Yeah, and, man. like, your parents would take you to certain neighborhoods where you were just walking up and down the streets and every house the lights were on. Yeah, I mean, I, I find it highly disappointing that, I mean, since I've been in this house every year, I've hung up, like, you know, outside decorations and left my lights on. And I've always had candy. This year I'm going to have candy and comics to give out to kids. Nice. And, I mean, I'll be lucky to have somewhere between 10 and 30 Halloween trick-or-treaters. Yeah, That's it. it's not like it was, man. And the 80s uh, were glorious for celebrating things. Like, every show would have its Halloween special. And yep. I've been waiting, and I still haven't seen The Great Pumpkin. I haven't seen <laughs> fucking Garfield. I haven't seen any of them on at, at, on any channel Nothing. at any time Jesus. yet. So they'll probably pay it, play them on Halloween, and that'll be Yeah, it. or the night before. Yeah. yeah, and see, and since I don't have cable right now, um, all I'm watching, I'm just watching them by myself. So I just, I'm grabbing my DVDs and turning on my Netflix. Yeah. So I'm watching Nightmares, and I've been watching Friday the 13th. I've been watching Halloweens. I've been watching remakes of all three of those franchises because <laughs> I own all of those. Yeah, if I can um, rewatch American Wolf in London, which is the first horror film I ever saw as a kid, which I still love. Yeah. I was five when I saw that one. That's classic for its effects, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, saw it on uh, HBO. Uh, it came out in 81. Um, yeah, one of the greatest I'm, – I'm sorry, no. The greatest man-to-werewolf transformation in film history. They've mm-hmm. still not topped that one. And it was done all practical with guys squeezing little fucking airbags and shit. 
yeah, and yeah, yeah, my mom, like, it was coming on HBO by the time I was five, because so that would have been, like, 83, so two years after it came out, sounds about right. His, and, yeah, yeah, we had HBO, and they kept – I'd be watching Fraggle Rock, and they would be showing commercials for the movies that are going to be on that night. And when American Wolf in London came out, like, it was huge that it was on HBO. Yeah. And yeah. so they kept having all these commercials for it, and I'm like, Mom, I want to watch that. Mom, I want to watch that. She's like, no, it's too scary. You can't watch that yet. And then they had the thing where they were going to have the special effects team do an hour-long making of. And I think it was a lot of the guys that had worked on the Thriller video as well. And so I would watched right. that, and I liked that. John Landis, right? Yeah. And yeah. so she's like, if you can watch the hour-long making of, I'll let you watch the movie. And so literally the, the first horror movie I ever watched, I watched an hour-long special of how it was made. And I saw them making him turn into a werewolf. And then mistakenly, she let me watch that fucking movie. Because <laughs> in the making of, they don't really cover any of the like psychotic dream sequences with the undead Nazis nice. that are torturing and killing his family in front of him in his dreams. Oh man! Like some Didn't of that shit. Snout come out of his like mouth. Yeah, like literally his mouth like tears and the yeah. snout comes through it. Yeah, it's yeah. it's the greatest transformation. It was it was one of the things I was so disappointed about with Eli Roth when they talked about um. What's that? Uh, the, the show that's on Netflix, the horror know. one that he did. I don't know. It's about wolves. Um, I can't remember what it's called, but it's there's like there's wolves and magic creatures and all sorts of other stuff. Okay, I'm um, not sure. Hemlock Grove, I think. Something, something like that. But I heard somebody say it's got the best werewolf transformation since American Wolf in London. So for that alone, I was like, all right, I'll watch the first episode to see that. It is nowhere near as good of a transformation. And the guy doesn't turn into a werewolf, he turns into a wolf. Oh, okay. If you're a fucking shirtless teen kid, and you <laughs> magically whip through the air and turn into something that's down on all four legs and isn't bigger than a human, you're not a werewolf, <laughs> you're a wolf. Yeah. So you turn into a wolf. A fucking werewolf is something bigger and badder than a human. And it's got some cool parts to the transformation, but it, they did the disgusting thing where literally he turns into a wolf, and then the wolf is sitting there eating the meat. That ah. was his skin. Oh. Yeah. So oh, literally, like, that's awesome. <laughs> he's basically a cannibal. Wow. But yeah, like a you watch the cannibalize. Oh. Yeah, self cannibalizing. But yeah, you watch <laughs> the sequence of it, and like you can literally pick out what parts are CGI. Like they're blaringly bad. I'm like, who the fuck thought this was as good as American Wolf in London? Yeah. The practical effects in American Wolf in London are better than the brand new CGI effects on yeah, him. Yeah. I don't know, I'm man. Sorry Teen say, Wolf is true. pretty up there. Dean Wolf had some great ones. <laughs> that was a good. But that was also still. I think that was almost all still practical. Yeah, which is uh, that's. Cool I don't remember if that was Stan Stan Winston or Rick Baker. It was probably one of their two studios because between the two of them, they basically did everything through the eighties and nineties. But yeah, like those guys did with practical effects stuff that we still can't make look correct with CGI. Yeah, well, some CG and some CGI is great. Like I still love um, uh, Pacific Rim. Like, there's no point in that movie where I don't think that that's a giant robot fighting a giant monster. You're going to hate me that I haven't even seen that yet. You still haven't fucking seen it? I Dude, know. it's giant robots fighting fucking giant monsters. It's I a movie know. that should have been made in the 80s, but they couldn't make it look good. And so they <laughs> made it in the 2000s, and it's fucking amazing. <laughs> I will see it. I know they're already talking about making the sequel, too. So Oh, yeah, 2 and 3, I think, is what uh, they're trying to get greenlit. We have yeah. been gibbering, oh. jabbering on for fucking hours here. Mm -hmm. There's something that uh, we have to address bef right. before uh, we start to fade things out for the evening here. 
Uh, one sec, as I'm uh, slightly distracted because I'm just <laughs> looking something up quickly. That's what you're talking about the posters that you had. I, I never had the posters for Nightmare on Elm Street, but what I do have is the box set on VHS. Ooh. The box set on DVD. And yes, when it came out on sale on Amazon, I ended up buying the box fucking set again on Blu-ray. <laughs> I own the beautiful. entire Nightmare on Elm Street series in three different formats in box sets. Wow. I, and uh, the only reason I, I don't own that. the Friday the 13th ones yet is because they just now, like I think just a couple years ago, finally did like a box set of night of Friday the 13th 1 through 8. And I'm like, no, fuck you. I want Why would you of... do that? Why would you not? But at the time, I don't think. 10 had come out yet and 9 was oh, a that was company. a while ago then okay yeah i mean yeah. it was it was a while ago but the, like the first box that they did was the first eight and i think now they finally have it to where you can get one through ten right. but it was one of those things where like so many different companies produced them and worked on them that they couldn't get the rights cleared and so it was a, yeah, you know, a battle for years where new line did all the nightmares so it was like hey if new line puts them in a box set it's their money but yeah night the, the friday the 13th went through a lot of different companies and so, yeah, it slowed things down. So I haven't bought that one yet. And at some point, I'm hoping I can find a nice box set that just has all the Friday the 13th. It's crazy how shit like that can go through different companies, eh? Like, rights pass around. Same thing with James Bond, how Never Say Never Again was, like, made by yeah. whole other fucking people. Okay, uh, I put a picture recently on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, right. th this picture is a picture. It's a black and white vintage picture of George Lucas standing with Carrie Fisher. Carrie Fisher is wearing the gold bikini, the Leia bikini. Oh, yeah, the one where she's whipping open her robe. She's opening her robe, and Lucas is looking at the camera with this look on his face like, oh, yeah, you're welcome. And yeah. I don't know if she's whipping it open. She might be just taking it off. Yeah, it could think? be. It's yeah. A, yeah, the way she's but either way, pose. Either way, I put this picture up, not thinking anything. I'm like, ah, look at Lucas's face, so I post it. I've had a few posts I put up, get maybe a couple hundred likes, right? You know, you kids come out of the woodworks and you'll, you'll <laughs> hit your likes, and I'll get like a couple hundred likes, you know, and I'll feel good about that post. For two and a half days, my phone did not stop notifying me that people <laughs> like this fucking picture. 1,250 likes. Wow. My, I've never come close to anything having that many hits, likes, or whatever. And this, my phone would literally not shut up. I couldn't believe it. Well, if you so, think about it, you're the big Star Wars geek. What are the memorable things from Star Wars? Lightsabers, uh, yeah. Darth Vader, gold bikini. Yeah, it's that like, simple. It's in the top three, if not the top yeah. five. Like, but this it's just a this picture, yeah, part of American film history. <laughs> <laughs> but the the look on Lucas's face in this picture is what makes it priceless. Oh, so yeah. if you go to Instagram and you look up Anne underscore elegant underscore weapon you can see the picture and on facebook at an elegant weapon uh you can go there and see the picture because i i basically said caption this bitches and i said i'd shout out some of the best ones on the show uh on instagram i got 35 comments <laughs> so i'm not going to read them all to you but uh i since i said i would do this Oh, yeah, and I did put a comment you on You did one put on a Facebook. comment, yes. <laughs> but, I'm uh, looking at it now, so just so you know. <laughs> I said that I would uh, uh, just kind of shout out some of the people who did comment because it's, it's hard to get. Like I'll, I'll tell you the comment, but it's it loses something without actually looking at the picture, of course, right? Yeah. But uh, my Captain Jack on Instagram said, George Lucas, like a boss. 
Nice. Uh, I got a bunch. A lot of people posted in different languages that, uh, you know. Cool. Uh, one person a hard said. It's hard for you uh, to read them, but yeah, that's cool. Battle <laughs> Spank 247 <laughs> says, Do I look fat in this? <laughs> Which is a little harsh because she had those Coke problems. Yeah, yeah. It's a... I don't think she had them at that point, but. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, I didn't get tons there, but let me hop over to, oh yeah, there's a, oh, there's one said, uh, Lord Stanley 31 says he's like, yeah, I would. <laughs> so yeah, shout out to Lord Stanley, thir- sorry, Lord Underground Stanley underscore underground. I said underground. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that's funny. And, uh, sorry, just taking a sec as I, uh, as I hop over to an elegant weapons, uh, yeah, I did not, of course, pre-prepare any of this, and, uh, if any of you expected me to, you should have known better. <laughs> you haven't been listening to this show long. <laughs> okay, here he we go. He does all the post work. On my shows, I do all the prep work. Yeah, I see, do I, I do things opposite, like, yeah, uh, had... Sam Mitchell on Facebook says, I don't care what Princess Leia would wear, George. Daquan says I look fly as fuck. Now, I don't know what that means, because what's Daquan? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Uh, our good friend Nick Francis says she showed me her Wookiee faster than the Kessel Run. <laughs> uh, oh, this is a good one. Glenn P. McAfee, super fan of an elegant weapon. He writes, Coke, it does a body good. He also writes, the force is strong in my pants right now. <laughs> Uh, John Bosshart says, this is what happens when you make it big. Uh, an individual named Mr. Anthony Bachman says, hey, wardrobe, can we make this bikini a bit smaller? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, tell me that's not what he's saying in that oh, photo. Oh, it's totally what he's thinking. <laughs> uh, El Hawkes says, ever seen this before? <laughs> uh, oh, New Mutant. <laughs> yeah, Alan's always good. Oh, uh, Al. Of course I'm going to wear this. You kidding me? Girls will be cosplaying me for the next 50 years. <laughs> At least. At least. Uh, that that's the winner. I'm going to claim it right there. Uh, for <laughs> its creativity and beautifulness, Al, Mr. New Mutant, you win uh, the caption this on that one. Congratulations. Uh, you don't win anything, but uh, our heartfelt get, gratitude. Get the, an elegant weapon, no prize. <laughs> there you go. Uh, you get a you get a shot. Uh, you get a shout out on the show and a and a patented no prize. So uh, there you go. But uh, yeah, so that was fun. Thanks to all you 1,250 people who uh, enjoyed that picture. Uh, we've been actually uh, been having fun on the Instagram lately, meeting a lot of you cool Star Wars fans out there, and uh, a lot of you fellow ganja enthusiasts. So that has been super cool, super cool to uh, meet all you kids. Um, but Jesus, yeah. How about all that, huh? <laughs> yeah, next time we'll talk horror movies. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll get a little bit more in there, eh? But uh, that was very, very fun and enjoyable. We got a little kind of Halloween chatter in there. Uh, very exciting that Halloween this year is uh, this coming Friday night, which uh, since I'll post this tomorrow, will probably be tomorrow. It's going to be cold and rainy and like five degrees here, so it will be creepy. But uh, at least it's on a Friday, kids. Remember that. Uh, also, a reminder that on November 15th and 16th, an elegant weapon slash points of interest podcast network will be uh, representing his press at the Great Allentown Comic Con in Allentown, Pennsylvania. We're going to be shacking up there with uh, Stan and Nemesis Studios. 
So uh, anybody in the Pennsylvania area, Allentown, please come by. We're going to be doing a panel, uh, which is going to be super fun. I've never done uh, an elegant weapon live in front of people before. So that should be an entertaining time. So come on down. Check the shit out. It's five-year anniversary. And this is one of those shows that's got a great reputation, uh, kind of like a Motor City or a Dragon Con. It's not monstrous, but people thoroughly enjoy it. So, uh, really, oh, yeah, some fucking uh, fucked up. Was it Idaho or Ohio? I can't remember. Well, Have you heard of Epic Con? Nope, that wasn't here. We had a Tree City Con, which I oh, believe okay. didn't do too well. There was Epic Con that happened, I think, in Ohio. And, oh, what a disastrous failure. Like, just, I don't even want to go into it. If you want to hear about it, go on the internet and Google Epicon. And it's actually Epic Con failure, pretty much. Like, they Wait, just... is that the one that was all about the, the ball pit? No. And everybody made jokes about it? This was all about, uh, basically, they got all these people to come, but they didn't pay them. So, like, 35 celebrities canceled because they didn't get plane oh, tickets wow. and didn't show up. And just cr disaster after disaster after disaster. See, and I thought that's what was going to happen at the Tree City Con one that they did here in Boise because it was their first year, and they went way big, and they tried to fill the convention center. Oh. And so the like the, the tables cost too much, the tickets cost too much. But from what I saw, I think four celebrities canceled. And so like they still had a fair amount of good people, and I don't think the crowd was half what they wanted, but I don't think it was as bad as the one you're talking about. So at least, at least as far as I know, there hasn't been any giant like local yeah. feedback about them not paying anybody or anything. okay that's good because no this one this one was really devastating like yeah like I, that area may not get another comic-con <laughs> yeah but uh so as i said earlier in the show you can catch anthony at all those places but why don't you give them uh, more specific uh twitter handles and stuff at anthony bachman at uh next element pod and I will be live Sunday streaming on the YouTubes and on our – I think uh, it links to our Facebook page at uh, All Things Good and Nerdy. And, yeah, Friday I'll be dressed up at work and then dress up again at my house, having an actual costume party. Sweet. Hoping, you know, more than two or three people show up. But be doing that while we're watching horror films and handing out candy and comics to the trick-or-treaters this year. I mean, you know, the few that have come back each year, I'm going to try to keep giving them better and better stuff so they keep coming back. But then I'm going to move, so I'll have to start all over again. <laughs> yeah. Hall Halloween's always, always my jam, and this year I've been uh, putting my costume together for the last three months. So What? I don't even want to know. I just want to yeah. see it. Well, yeah. Well, put it this way. Not only is it a costume, but once I'm done with it on Friday, um, I need to replace and work on maybe four or five pieces of it. But then it will be able to be transitioned into a full-blown cosplay that I can start wearing at conventions. Excellent, excellent. Um, and where uh, – I saw you tweet something about being over the hill or something. Uh, where's Geek at? Uh, Geek is on the downward slope, but of course, yeah, with uh, a lot of shit going on, it's not going as fast as I want. But yeah, hopefully it will be done soon-ish. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Uh, everybody, that's all the shit. Have a very happy Halloween. Have a safe Halloween. Uh, have a fucking scary Halloween. Yes, have a scary Halloween, <laughs> but it is important. Uh, I got a little kitty. Uh, check your yep. little kitty's candy because there are some sickos out there, uh, you know, and all the usual safe stuff. But uh, tell your kid, put a fucking pillowcase in his hand and tell him fucking to get out there and don't bring his ass home till that pillowcase is fucking full. No complaining. Little, yeah. Your what, feet don't hurt. Yeah, what it's the not shit, that cold. man? It's fucking Get some candy. plastic pumpkin bullshit. <laughs> Make sure you bring home some Swedish berries and some fucking 
What else do I like? <laughs> Swedish berries? I don't think I've even heard of those. Is that a Canadian candy? I don't know. Uh, like raspberries. Like the like candy g- gummy raspberries? Mm, no? Nope. No. There's no Swedish way that's fish. a Swedish Swedish fish? We got those. Is that really a Canadian thing? No. It you... must be. I don't think I've ever heard of a... You said it was Swedish, right? Swedish raspberries? Yeah, well, they call them Swedish berries. And they, they're uh-huh. little, and they're just little gummy. They're shaped like a raspberry, but they're gummy. No, I mean, we got different gummies here, but I don't think I've ever seen ones oh. that look like raspberries. you got to get yourself some goddamn Swedish berries, buddy. <laughs> Maybe I'll have I will to have send to look them up. Down yeah, here. That's, that times. I've never heard of. <laughs> uh, thank you very much for hanging out with me tonight, Anthony. It was greatly appreciated. We had a wonderful time. It was fun. Yeah, Maynard Swedish Berries. I've there never seen those before. Yeah, Maynard's. I, I Googled them to see what the fuck they are. Do yeah, you have Maynard's? That's what it says. That's like the first company name that pops well, up. Well, that's the big company. Do you have Maynard's there? I've never heard of Maynard's. Oh, it must so. be Canadian then. Wow. Production of Swedish Berries has been discontinued in the U.S. It is possible to purchase Maynard Swedish Berries in Canada. It is a Canadian candy. Right you on! You guys have your own candy. <laughs> Check that shit out. I'm so happy. A division happy. of Cadbury Canada. Oh. Come on, it's from the land of Cadbury Loving eggs. it. Loving it. <laughs> Loving that shit. Get yourself some Swedish Berries, kids. Come on up to the northern land. Meet Santa Claus and shit. That is all we are going to have this week on An Elegant Weapon. Take it easy. Bye. <laughs>